Welcome to Off the Deep End. I'm your host, Erin Monahan. I'm an anti-girl boss, trauma-informed, astrology and tarot-obsessed business and mindset coach, a writer, speaker, and professional toxic masculinity interrupter. And in this podcast, we go off the deep end about all things entrepreneurship and how to do business without compromising your anti-capitalist values or paycheck. Hey friends, so in this chat, I wanted to come on and talk about trauma-informed abundance and sustainable slow growth for anti-capitalist and anti-girl boss entrepreneurs. This is being recorded on IGTV and it's also being recorded as a podcast episode for my podcast Off the Deep End. And this is going to, that, that episode will go live tomorrow. So if you want to catch the recorded replay, it will be available on Instagram and then also on my podcast. So, and that'll, that is linked in my bio and you can find it where all podcasts are being streamed. <laughs> so like, share, and subscribe. Thank you so much. So... My name is Erin Monahan. For those of you who don't know me, I am a trauma-informed mindset and business coach. I'm also the founder of Terra Incognita Media. I'm a writer, and I'm also a professional interrupter of toxic masculinity. So this is going to be, this talk is going to be all about abundance. This is something that I'm thinking about a lot right now, and it's something that I really struggled with, especially at the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. So we're going to talk about abundance, inviting how to invite more abundance into our lives while we survive this global pandemic and as we're trying to be anti-capitalist and entrepreneurs at the same time. So this discussion is going to hopefully benefit you if you are struggling to charge people and if you're, yeah, if you're struggling to charge at all, like charge people for your work, if you are struggling with your pricing, with your offers, if you are struggling with selling your services or your products because capitalism sucks and this is for you if you feel like you're asking for too much and you desperately want your work to be accessible, but you're also feeling burnt out and run ragged because you're not making enough money in your business. And this is for you if you're not really sure how to feel about receiving money and inviting or acknowledging the abundance that is already around you. So I really want to ask you, how does the word abundance sit with you? Because for me, at the beginning of my journey, I thought it was really, like, it really made me grossed out. I thought it was a really yucky word. I, I really just associated it with fellow white women who were into spirituality, but not addressing systems of oppression and not addressing racism and white supremacy. So basically spiritual bypassing. So systems of oppression create manufactured scarcity in a world that is inherently abundant. And 
this really impacts our psyches. And as a upper middle class white person myself, I've witnessed people in my life refuse to give money to somebody because, you know, somebody who might be asking for help on the streets or asking for money because they're, they assume this person is lazy. They don't have a deep grasp of how systemic oppression works. And they, they think that this person just didn't work hard enough or because they believe houselessness is a personal choice, which we all know these are, that that is, that is a lie and that is not how houselessness works. It is a systemic public health issue created out of white supremacy, patriarchy, capitalism, and ongoing colonization. So, yeah, we can see how manufactured scarcity deeply impacts our psyches, and I encourage you to reflect on this and think about how this is affecting you and how you're showing up in your business. So as entrepreneurs who want to stick to our values, our anti-capitalist values, our anti-oppressive values as closely as possible, this is a really, yeah, I, this is a problem for us because I, I see us giving away our money in a financially unsustainable way. So it's definitely important and crucial to acknowledge and account for your position of power and privilege in this society and to take actions accordingly. And giving away our money to mutual aid organizations or just to people, just to individuals who need it is so important and necessary. Giving money to people on the street or anybody who needs groceries or anything like that is always what I encourage folks to do. So, but I often see that entrepreneurs, especially those of us who are just getting started, if you're just getting started in your business, there is this really huge challenge of figuring out how to grapple with or how to rectify this tension of needing to make an income, but also not wanting to perpetuate systems of harm. So yeah, and I, and I also see that, that we are the big, we are the ones who are giving our money away the most. And when you've reached the max amount of money that you can donate, it's really important to remember, like, like there should, like in terms of my, my biggest tip is to think about like, like set, set a, a certain number or um, a percentage of your income that you are going to give away a month, like a certain monthly number that you're going to give away. And then that is the max amount that you can donate for that month. So this way you're protecting yourself and you're also donating to people and causes and organizations that you care about and giving back in the ways that you want to, but you're also not going to run yourself dry and not have money for rent if you rent or for your mortgage if you are paying off your house. So yeah, and, and it's really important to remember that we are resourced in other ways. So maybe you can offer a service for free. It's not necess necessarily something that I encourage. I really encourage folks to, when they're starting their businesses, to charge for their services 
and to start, yeah, pay, like getting paid for their work. That is extremely crucial, especially for people with marginalized identities. So maybe there's a way that you can incorporate scholarships into your work. Maybe you can start a fundraiser within your network or you can pool money to donate. And I also just want to share that as I was researching about this, despite experiencing systemic and institutional racism, black people are a high, like black people donate a higher share of their wealth than white people. So Again, yes, if we have more privilege and more power, we should definitely be donating our money and giving it away as much as we can. And so it's really important that as white people, we, we pay up and we, we um, redistribute our resources and our income. And I also noticed that, again, for those of us who are conscious entrepreneurs, we are doing this. We are doing this. We, it's almost like we are... Yeah, it's like we're doing this and then you have like Jeff Bezos who's hoarding all of his wealth and not, you know, giving giving pocket change away. So we we do hold ourselves accountable and not just with our money, but with our language, with our actions, within our relationships. And we're straining ourselves, we're straining our bank accounts from this place of guilt and shame most of the time. And we're often left feeling desperate to pay rent or to pay our bills. So this was something that I deeply struggled with for a while in the beginning. And I struggled with my relationship with money, my need to get paid, and my fear of showing up and diving into the world of sales and learning about how to make sales in my business. So this came up in so many different ways. It came up in my hesitation to show up on Instagram Lives like I'm doing right now. And it it showed up in speaking my truth. It showed up when I was talking to people about my work. It showed up in my fear of of charging more money for my work because I didn't trust that I deserved it. And yeah, something in my subconscious was telling me that that I can't trust myself with money. What if I got greedy? What if I spent it irresponsibly? What if I became an asshole? (laughs) What thoughts are holding you back from receiving and accessing abundance? And again, especially for those of us with marginalized genders, we are conditioned to give, give, give to our detriment. We sometimes end up with this martyr complex but this is not going to solve the inequity of the world. You can't run yourself thin in hopes that it will solve the housing crisis or economic injustice due to white supremacy. There's, there's a duality that we don't often honor here. We cling to a binary way of thinking and of looking at the world, which is a, a symptom of white supremacy. And if you don't allow yourself to receive and you're constantly giving away your resources, then you're going to be depleted. So 
I encourage my clients and people that I work with, I encourage you to think about and ask yourself, how can you work in a more regenerative way? How can you open up your valve, open up your gate, as I like to use this kind of metaphor, to think about abundance? How can you open up your valve or your gate so that you can be a floodgate of abundance for others to receive as well? When we open up ourselves to receive, then we are able to give in exchange. And this should be a reciprocal experience, a reciprocal process and system and event, not just a one-way thing. It is not really abundance if you are just giving and giving and giving and receiving none of that in return. You have to fill yourself up too. And if it's not reciprocal, it's not regenerative, and this is extremely unsustainable. And we're just going to get back into that same toxic cycle of extreme output that depletes us, which is what capitalism and white supremacy wants. That is how capitalism and white supremacy thrive. And so the first time I made 10K in sales in my business, I spent all of it. This is a source of pain and shame for me. And I want to be transparent about this because this is actually something that happens to a lot of people when they get a surge of income or sales in their business that they're not typically used to. So you're not alone if this is something that you've experienced too. It's kind of like, you know, when we're a kid and we get our first job and we get our first paycheck and we're like, oh my God, I'm rich. And then you want to go spend it all. And that's fine. Like I love going shopping. Uh, But yeah, I, with this 10K in sales, I didn't just spend it on shopping, although I did buy a couple of cute new things, but I spent it on furthering my education to be a better coach. I spent really a good chunk of it on donating to scholarship programs that I wanted to support, donating it to individuals and organizations that I wanted to support, and yeah, just giving it all, a lot of it away to mutual aid funds. And so I don't say this to like brag about how awesome and amazing I am. I'm using myself as an example to show that after I, you know, that all of that money that I thought was a lot was actually not that much. And I, and I put myself into a dire position because of that. Because when you're starting out as an entrepreneur, you're also not, um, you have to think long term. You have to think more in terms of like a, a long term mindset. There's, there's a lot of toxic discussions about how or in in uh, manifestation yeah circles where people are saying just vibe higher just have an abundance mindset just visualize your goals and and create a vision board and all that is great those are all tools to help us be able to visualize our goals because yeah you you won't be able to bring something into existence or reach a goal if you can't visualize it that is true And we need to be working on the deeper, more deeply rooted subconscious beliefs that we have about money. And we need to be working not not only on our financial literacy, which is a huge chunk of this, definitely, and also 
the trauma that is inherent in our relationship with money because of our society that is built off of systems of oppression. And that affects us and affects the way that we're operating and relating with our money. So understanding that 10K in sales doesn't actually translate to a whole lot of money in this society of inflated rent and cost of living. And I just want to say that you are not Jeff Bezos. You will never most likely be Jeff Bezos. I, I really just, I hope that you're, you're never going to be Jeff Bezos. I hope that you don't become a billionaire. A millionaire, I hope you become a millionaire. There's a huge difference be between a billionaire and a millionaire. And this is something that it's really hard for us to wrap our heads around. Uh, and it's hard for me to wrap my head around. But billionaires shouldn't exist. And the thing that's hard to wrap our heads around is like the extreme amount of money that actually constitutes a billion dollars. And it is a lot different than making 10K in your business or making a thousand a year, a hundred thousand dollars a year in your business. So for reference, one million seconds equals 11 days and one billion seconds equals 32 years. And I want to credit the person who I learned this from. Let me find out this person's name real quick. I'll, I will credit that person in the caption and in the show notes of the podcast. I will go back and find out who that person's name is because I am spaced out on, the, on who that person's name is right now. But the difference between 1 million and 1 billion is like the difference between 11 days and 32 years. So yes, let's be accountable for our positions of power and priv privilege and not hoard our wealth. But you getting paid a thriving wage for your labor isn't stealing from anyone else. So that's another thing, another subconscious belief that I know that I've had and that others that I've worked with have had, which is that if you're making money or if you're taking people, taking quote unquote people's money, if you are getting paid for your work, somehow you are stealing from them. So we need to look at that and think about that more deeply and ask ourselves, where is that coming from? Who told us that? So we, we absolutely need to think about how we can create more equitable outcomes like paying a land tax, which is something that I learned from Jolie Varela of Indigenous Women Hike. The idea is that you can research whose land you're on, the original stewards of the land that you're on, and then you can donate a voluntary land tax. So a percentage of your income can go to the original stewards of the land that you're on. But yeah, we, we can't act like we're, we're gross and greedy and on the same level of Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg. Just because we want to pay our bills or we want to have a secure housing arrangement and do things that bring us joy. We all deserve security. And you denying yourself security is not making it any easier for someone else to access security. We need to develop a much more nuanced understanding 
of how interlocking systems of oppression function so that we can truly affect actions or so that we can truly take effective actions to dismantle these systems of so yeah martyring yourself is not the solution and it's kind of like we're falling into this idea that equity and justice is a pie and there's only so much of it that can go around so we with this in this line of thinking we would have to deny ourselves and starve ourselves so that others can get some or more but that's not how this works that's not how equity and justice works and this is a problem because this is why we have white male fragility and white fragility and this is why white people in general are like terrified that like black and brown people are going to quote unquote replace us if we fight for equitable outcomes for everyone and true justice for all and obviously we know this isn't true yet it's deeply embedded in our psyches and it impacts the way that we think the way that we act and behave on a subconscious level and conscious sometimes and it's reflected in our choices and how we relate to our money and in our choices around how we use our money so we're playing by this myth that says there's only so much to go around so i have to give all of what I have away in order to evenly distribute the pie. But no, equity and justice is not a pie. The goal of equity and justice is not for you to starve to death or deny yourself secure housing or a secure income. So I want to read a little bit from the Opportunity Agenda's Social Justice Phrase Guide. This was created for more conscientious communications. And I will also link to this resource in the show notes and in the, um, yeah, in the, in the show notes on uh, the podcast. So they talk about how we need to reinforce prosperity over scarcity. And I'm just going to read from this excerpt that I, that I quote, I quoted in, in um, my notes our country, which I just want to say the world, it has an abundance of resources. So the world is inherently abundant and it should be a place where everyone has equitable outcomes. They say equal opportunity. So to reinforce this idea, we should avoid discussing options and policy approaches in zero-sum terms, which tap into the fear-based part of our brain that is concerned about scarcity and individual survival. Advocates can keep conversations productive by pointing to how policies and programs benefit society at large. So some common scarcity pitfalls to be aware of is quote-unquote divide up the pie or quote-unquote do more with less. Discussing resource allocation in competitive terms or saying certain folks need to do more with less pits groups against one another instead of providing a space to work collaboratively 
toward mutually beneficial outcomes. Instead, emphasize that we are prosperous, the earth is inherently abundant, and that should include everyone in enjoying the, the abundance of resources that are available to us, but the plentiful resources that we have are disproportionately, disproportionately divided right now to benefit a select few. And I also really appreciate that I recently uh, learned that the word resource, it is very much a colonizer concept. And I think the trauma of money posted something about this recently. That's something to look into and to question is that this word resource is really kind of rooted in like an extractive kind of mindset. So maybe using a different word. So oftentimes we're giving away more than we're able and you've probably been operating at maximum capacity for years. And this just can't be the norm anymore. The reason why this is so important to deeply understand is because we can put so much pressure on ourselves as individuals to fix these systemic issues. If we as anti-capitalist entrepreneurs do not set ourselves up sustainably, financially, emotionally, and spiritually, we are going to go financially, emotionally, and spiritually bankrupt. So I'm all for your business hitting skyrocketing success, but realistically, it's going to take time. It's going to take time to build your business. And this doesn't mean that you can't start making money right now or that you can't start charging for your services right away. But I'm just saying that building a business requires knowledge of not just how front-end things work like social media, marketing, building an email list, building an engaged community, copywriting, effective branding, but also the back-end streamlined processes and systems like for scheduling, for invoicing, for accounting, etc. And then there's the actual work of providing the service or creating the product that you're selling. There's a lot of shit that we have to get a handle on. And it's really easy to fall into comparison mode. And I was thinking about it the other day that everyone starts with a day one. Everyone starts out thinking that they're behind because white supremacist capitalism tells us that you're not good enough, you're never going to be good enough, and you'll always be behind, and we, in, in that you're just, yeah, you're just never going to be good enough. And so if you aren't feeling like you're good enough, don't worry, there's a product for you that can help you soothe that anxiety or that, that depression by just and, and the society encourages us to just buy more shit and to spend more of our money on products that help us soothe these feelings of feeling not good enough and like we're never going to be there, wherever there is. And so just like buy, buy, buy your problems away. 
And you can refer back to my previous IGTV where I talk about overwhelm, burnout, and feelings of isolation. And I go into the I go into capitalism's impact on our brains and our relationship with money and the four traps that we can fall into around this. And this is why this is like what I talk about in my trauma-informed manifestation course and also in the anti-capitalist business blueprint which starts this upcoming Monday and there's still time to join us if that is something that you are being called to do. So the link is in my bio for that and also in the show notes. And we also go into detail and in depth about this Investa Business School, which will be opening up for enrollment in September. So stay tuned for all of that as well. But the thing that I want to stress the most is that our relationship to time, money, and creating and building needs to shift deeply. And I encourage you to ask yourself, whose timeline are you on? Who told you that you need to be there, quote unquote, already? The there that you're imagining in your mind, will it really be all that you're making it out to be? Like when I reached 10K in sales in my business, my problems didn't magically go away. I wasn't all of a sudden fully healed from my trauma and I didn't call up my therapist and say, goodbye forever, Catherine. (laughs) I don't need you because I've hit my sales goal. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. Money holds so much power in our society. This is very true. I don't mean to say that the 10K in sales didn't relieve me greatly of so much of my anxiety and stress because it definitely did. And it absolutely made my life 10 times easier for that time that it was in my account. And I'm also saying if we're not careful, we'll reach that goal and we'll still feel empty and still feel inadequate if we are not taking care of ourselves at the root level, if we are not addressing our trauma and our trauma of money. And we'll spend all of the money that we've made on things that might not actually help us get closer to those long-term visions and goals that we have for ourselves. So if you're overworked, if you're exhausted and if you're under if you feel like you're undercharging for your intellectual, emotional and physical labor or if you are feeling stuck to move forward in your business from a place of integrity and through an anti-capitalist approach then you might find Vested Business School helpful or any of the courses that I offer for anti-capitalist anti-girl boss entrepreneurs, which again, I will link all those things in the caption and show notes. And I just want to share too, that this also relates to what we are talking about, about trauma informed abundance. The reason why I chose the name Vesta is because Vesta is the asteroid goddess 
it, or is an asteroid goddess, and Vesta represents the virgin archetype. And Chani Nicholas says that virgin pre-patriarchy is about belonging to oneself. Demetra George has written about and lectured extensively on the asteroid goddesses as well and, and talks about how Vesta and virginity are not about being sexually chaste, but rather having an intimate and devoted relationship to the divine, our inner creative forces. We all have creative erotic energy and we can channel it towards a higher calling, a higher purpose, and higher goals. We are inherently abundant within ourselves, within our ability to create, to innovate, to think, to connect and engage with others. We can be abundant in so many different ways. But your business is not sustainable if you are exploiting yourself. Belonging to yourself first means prioritizing your emotional, financial, and spiritual well-being so you can be a vessel for community care and service. But you can't be in service to the collective if you're burnt out and running yourself into the ground, right? So healing your relationship with money and business and sales is crucial to building a profitable business without compromising your integrity or your paycheck. To conclude this episode, I want to quote one of my favorite witches, tarot readers, creators, entrepreneurs, and writers, Sarah Faith, Goddess Diener. You can both honor your ambition and accept that you are a human who needs rest, softness, and flexibility. Don't let the belief that you have to do it all by yourself stop you from creating some of the most important work of your life. So I'm sending you so much love, my friend. Gentle reminder that my course, Trauma-Informed Manifestation for Anti-Capitalist Entrepreneurs, is available for purchase. And that will be linked in the show notes. And also it's linked in my bio on Instagram. And if you're feeling called and you want a more extended, immersive group coaching program to support you on your entrepreneurial healing journey, you can join us in Vesta Business School, which will launch next month in September. So yeah, I'm sending you lots of love. I know there is a lot going on in the world. I have been feeling the overwhelm and exhaustion. Just know that you're not alone in those feelings if you are also experiencing that. Yesterday, I cried out of exhaustion and anxiety and overwhelm. So just remember that we're surviving a pandemic and our expectations of ourselves have to change. We can't keep operating at max capacity anymore. And the NAP ministry shared an incredible sermon yesterday on Instagram Live. So I highly recommend you check that out as well where they're talking all about resting as an act of refusal. Refusal to succumb to the capitalist machine. 
I know we have to work to survive and rest can often seem like a privilege, but it's actually what you're entitled to and resting can look very different. I hope you can reimagine what rest looks like and feels like for you. And I hope you can find some time for yourself, even in a small way today, when the white supremacist, patriarchal, capitalist society that we live in would have you convinced to respond in scarcity and urgency. So I will talk to you soon. And I, yeah, I just want to send you a lot of love as always. And happy full moon in Aquarius this upcoming Sunday. I hope that all that you have been working towards comes to life and that you have a beautiful week as much as possible. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.